The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Storytelling inspires, engages, and moves people to action. It's a superpower that anyone can learn. Welcome to Story Powered with your host, Leanne Pico. Stories can hold you back, and stories can move you forward. Let our program help you activate your storytelling superpower and take your business to the next level. Now, here is Leanne Pico. Hello, and welcome to Story Powered. So glad to have you here this week. I'm Leanne Pico, your host. Um, So today's show is a subject that is very close to my heart. I love working with uh, people who have great ideas and want to bring them to life. And so today we're talking about startups and storytelling. And if there's anything that will help an entrepreneur make their dream come alive and... uh, and keep it going. It's a great story. And uh, of course, we all love a great story about a startup. Um, as we know, they're legendary startup folks and, and stories that we know about them. So before we talk about that, though, I wanted to, to thank my guest from last week. It was David Long, who is the CEO of My Employees and the author of Built to Lead. I had so much fun talking to David. Um, he's a, a real character. We had a great chat about employee engagement. And um, one of the things I really admired about David is he's, I mean, he's, he's got a giant business and, and is earning uh, loads of, of money. And, and um, as he said, it's not about that, but it's about building your business based on caring about your people. And um, it's just a, you know, it's a great episode. So have a listen. It's on the on-demand library on the Story Powered page. And, and it just shows that you can look after your people and build a great business and earn lots of money at the same time. So great lesson for everybody. Um, but don't go anywhere because you will definitely want to hear my guest today. I'm going to be chatting with Mark Evans of Emmy Consulting and author of Story Storytelling for startups. Um, and so we'll be chatting after the story of the week, which I will um, share with you now. So for the story of the week, we're doing storytelling for startups. So I thought I would read a story um, from a, a, somebody who started a business. And and um, one of my favorite books, and it's a little bit older now, but I love it. It's Chicken Soup for the Entrepreneur's Soul. And this story comes from that. And if ever you're feeling like you don't know what you're doing or you don't know where your business is going or you just don't know why the heck you don't just get a job, I really recommend you check out this book and um, hear the stories of, of people who've gone through the trials and tribulations of building a business. So I'm going to read one um, called The Accidental Entrepreneur. I'd like to tell you that I always plan to run my own business. I'd like to say that I knew at an early age that I wanted to go to business school, make great contacts, and head out into the world with my business plan in pristine condition. I'd like to tell you that, but it would not be true. I'm what you would call an accidental entrepreneur. Not only did I not plan to be an entrepreneur, I don't think I knew what the word meant when I was a young man, and I'm pretty sure that I didn't know how to spell it. My college degree is in psychology. During my school years, I drove a cab and tended bar, a requirement of my Irish-American heritage. A friend of mine was working at a home for troubled boys, and he would stop by the bar occasionally on his way home. 
The more he told me about the group home, the more interested I became. In short order, I began a 14-year career in social work at St. John's Home for Boys in Queens, New York. I never completed graduate school, but those 14 years were equal to my earning an MBA and a lot more. I learned so much about people and even more about myself than I would have ever imagined possible. In my early days as a social worker, I was not good at it. I quickly became so frustrated that I approached Brother Tom, who ran the home, and told him I was leaving. He refused to let me quit and worked with me to develop a plan for my job. I had to learn how to be more proactive, how to come to the boys with an agenda and goals. Just as important, I had to stop treating them like a group. You can't build a relationship with a group. You build relationships with people, with individuals. Slowly, I began to grow as a professional. But there was one kid I couldn't reach, Norman, one of the tougher kids in the home. No matter how I tried, there was little I could do to build a relationship with him. One day, I was planting some tomato plants on one side of the group home, a hint of the florist to come. Norman came walking by and began to make fun of me, the tomatoes and anything else he could think of. The same thing happened for several days in a row. I worked and Norman stopped by to give me a hard time. Slowly, the conversations began to change. We moved gradually from talking about how dumb I was for trying to make these tomatoes grow to what we could do to make them grow. Every day, Norman stopped by to help me with those tomato plants. We began to talk about sports, girls, school, and whatever was going on in Norman's life. The topics weren't important, but the conversations sure were. I had learned how to make, truly make contact, how to build a relationship. This lesson, this philosophy, is one that I carry with me to this day at 1-800-Flowers. Establish a relationship first, then do business. The relationship is the transaction. You can use technology, and we certainly do, to extend your reach and increase the number of your contacts, but you'll still have to build the relationship. Without the relationship, you have nothing. One of my favorite things in life is to help things grow, from flowers to relationships to businesses. I hope that my story and words of encouragement will help you to grow. And that's Jim McCann, who's the founder, chairman, CEO, and television spokesperson of 1-800-Flowers. And 1-800-Flowers was, was huge in, in uh, the 80s and 90s, and he grew a, a massive retail business. So um, great lessons there in terms of, you know, not all of us come to entrepreneurship straight out of our Harvard MBA, and many of us... Um, you know, need to heed the messages around uh, building a relationship with one person and uh, starting from there. So great messages and a great startup story. Hope you enjoyed it. So now I am pleased to introduce you to Mark Evans, who is the principal with ME Consulting. And they help startups and fast-growing companies to tell better stories, a.k.a. marketing. He has worked with dozens of startups looking for strategic guidance and tactical execution to accelerate growth through a strong marketing foundation. Before starting his consulting business in 2008, Mark co-founded Blanketware and worked for three startups. He also spent 15 years as an award-winning technology reporter with the National Post, Globe and Mail, and Bloomberg News. Mark writes a popular blog about startup marketing and Canada's leading startup newsletter. Mark is a mentor with Jolt, Highline, and an advisor to the Next 36 and Venture Canada. Mark, welcome to Story Powered. Thank you for having me. So good to have you here. So, um, so tell us your story. Tell us about you and how you got to where you are now, and and uh, what's what what's with the love of story. Um, well, I found the story that you told off the, the top to be um, uh, appropriate, given the fact that I also consider myself an accidental entrepreneur. Right. Um, as you mentioned, I spent a lot of years as a newspaper reporter, 
and uh, it was something I really loved, um, mostly writing about technology. And at the height of the dot-com boom, a friend of mine who was a lot smarter than I was, which is always a key when you're doing business, asked me if I wanted <laughs> yes. to join a startup. And I thought, well, that seems like a good idea. He said, yes, and I promise we'll all be millionaires. Well, that didn't turn out to be true, but it was a, <laughs> it was a great experience, and it did allow me to get my, my toes wet when it came to entrepreneurship. Then I went back to journalism for five years, uh, came out again to work for a couple of startups, and uh, I got laid off in 2008. And I got a, a small severance, and I said to my wife at the time, you know, I said, you know, if I had a longer severance, uh, I would definitely you know, start my own business. Uh, but since it's so short, I don't know what I'm going to do. Which her advice to me, which I've never forgotten, was, well, why don't you make your short severance last a lot longer? And that was a little, a little shove I needed to get myself uh, into the whole world of entrepreneurship. And nice. over the last uh, seven years, I've built up a business um, providing... Uh, marketing services to startups and, and fast-growing businesses. And um, in my, my whole professional career, I've been a storyteller in, in one way, shape, or form, and it all culminated in the book I recently published called Storytelling for Startups, which is really a book uh, for any type of business, you know, small, big, or, uh, or medium. Um, and it's all about how to embrace the power of story-driven marketing and how to tell stories that, that engage and educate and entertain your your target audiences. Nice. And and in terms of, I mean, it's, in, again, like you say, it's an interesting um, journey you've had because, you know, and it's funny, I, uh, a lot of the folks that I, I chat to about who are now working in a story, it, it, similarly, they've always been storytellers in one way or another. So um, how, did, how did journalism prepare you? Well, you know, one of the things about, um, I guess when you think about it, journalism really um, helped me develop um, um, a mindset or perhaps uh, a way of being able to process story opportunities. It, you know, when I see stories, I see them really easily. I, I see different angles. I see different ways that a story can be told. I see stories in a lot of everyday things because I'm always looking for that something different, that, that twist, that hook that you can get people into. Um, and I think that's the big challenge for a lot of, a lot of companies and a lot of entrepreneurs is that they don't see that. It's not, it's not something that's, that's top of mind for them. Uh, I think it's a, it's, a mind, it's a sort of way of thinking of, of, of the world in a different way. And, um, and journalism really taught me um, that, that, that storytelling is, is done in certain ways and it's part creativity and it's part science and it's part timing and it's part luck. And uh, I think, you know, as I do business and as I work for clients and how I, as I try to grow my own business, um, my training as a storyteller, you know, comes into play each and every day. Yeah, and, and you know, I love how you put that because um, I'm, I'm like that too. I just, I see stories <laughs> everywhere. And um, the way you put it, story opportunities, I love that because, again, um, you know, we talk about storytelling and, you know, a lot of us are a little frustrated by the the title because it's not all about the telling; it's about the finding. And and um, and when you talk about you know businesses and and often corporations right now too, and and just how we're trained in businesses often to look for problems, right? Right. And so you can't uh, find think, the story in a problem. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, they're looking for solutions, they're looking for problems, they're looking to help people resolve their, their issues or their fears. And I think one of the things that I find really interesting in these days is the growing amount of attention, attention when it comes to storytelling. 
And I think for a lot of businesses, it's exciting, but it's also intimidating at the same time. Because storytelling, when you think about it, people think, well, it's stories that are told to children. But there's, there needs, there's a gap in between how, so how does this apply to my business? Yeah. How can I embrace the power of storytelling to, to engage customers, to drive more leads, to drive brand awareness? And I think that for people like you and I, um, there's a huge amount of education we have to do right now and yeah. get people to come around to our way of thinking. Absolutely. And I, and I guess, and that's such a good point in terms of the leap from children's storytelling to adult. But, you know, one of the things that, that I always talk about in my workshops with my clients is why are children's stories so popular? And for the same reason that they will be in business and in business, we need the same stuff. We need people to want to hear our stories and want to hear us, us, you know, convey things and they want us to remember them and they want us to share them. And so, for me, that that's kind of the piece, like you say, it's the education saying it's not that different in some ways. Because, you know, if you can tell, there are a number of fairy tales or um, children's stories that people can still tell, you know, way off into their 80s. So there's something in it, right? Yeah, there is something in it. And I think, you know, I've been thinking a lot about storytelling in, in the context of business because, you know, it is starting to get a lot more attention. And And one of the things is that storytelling is really about about the customer experience or the or the, the the experience of the listener and helping mm-hmm. them making it easy for them to immerse themselves in a story and I, you think about when when you tell a, a story to a child they lose themselves their imaginations run wild right. and suddenly they're not really in they're not really in your world anymore they're in the story world and when it comes to business I think you know that's a strange way or a different way of looking at things because you're not asking people to focus on your product or the price or the features, you're asking them to lose themselves in an experience that, that involves your brand in some way, shape, or form, but it's really not about the product. It's really about something else, something, something different um, that, um, that appeals to them emotionally um, as opposed to in a rational way about buying product A versus buying product B. I love that. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And, and again, you know, we talk about creating community, we talk about engagement. And, and so the idea, and I really like how you put that about losing themselves in an experience with you. And, and for me, you know, especially with the entrepreneurship landscape right now, I, I am challenged and I get that it works, um, but I'm challenged by the idea of finding people's pain points and um, targeting all your marketing to that. And, and because to me, that's, you know, scaring people into um, or, or kind of playing on their fears is, is not something you want people to immerse themselves in. No, and I think that that's one way of doing business. But I think yeah. storytelling is, has a lot to do with, you know, what are people interested in? What motivates them? What excites them? Um, you know, what do they... What are they um, what do they aspire to? Um, and as a business, yeah. you know, I always like to lead with the positive. I, I think that you're, you've got a product and you want people to be excited about it and to think that it's going to do good things for them and that, um, you know, a good story is a great way of delivering all those, all those messages. Um, and, and we live in a world in, in which people have access to all kinds of information. So, you know, when it comes to a particular product, they they probably know the product's features and the price, mm-hmm. and probably the competitive options, and they're looking for something different to get them 
immersed with your brand, to engage, to engage with your brand. And I think stories that have everything to do with the, the customer and very little to do with the product um, can be a very powerful way of, of really sort of uh, getting people into the sales funnel. I'm, you know, I'm, and I don't mean to be sort of crass by saying the sales funnel, but I mean it's almost like getting people to start thinking about you in a new way so they start considering you as, a, as an option for an eventual purchase. Absolutely. I absolutely agree. And it's that thing about, you know, I was talking about creating curiosity and connection, right? It's kind of, they want to know more about you. And and the thing that I love right now, and it's very, very exciting, um, I think the online terrain um, enables, you know, small businesses to go up against big box stores. And so, you know, it's, I, I always think of the story as the leveler. You know, and if you've got to, if you're able to share your stories and you're able to connect people to who you are and, like you say, introduce them to you uh, in a way that intrigues them, um, why wouldn't they buy from you? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think there are basically sort of three things that businesses of any kind have to think about. Um, one is creativity, the second is agility, and the third is commitment. And if you can embrace those as the foundation for your storytelling efforts, um, then you stand a better chance of success. And I think in many respects, you know, smaller businesses um, may have an advantage when it comes to storytelling because it's a new way of doing things, but they have the flexibility and the agility to, to be more opportunistic, to do things differently, to try things, to experiment, whereas the larger company may be um, stuck or may be... Um, may not be able to shift gears as, as quickly. And, you know, the thing about stories is that it's not about the size of your company um, or how established your products are. It's really the way that you engage consumers. And if they can get excited or interested or curious about your products, then, as you say, that does level the playing field because it makes them look at your company in a new and different way. Absolutely. And and like you say, and the other thing is, is that with the bigger stores, they've got a longer history. And so there's already a story and often there's a customer story. So they may have had a bad customer service experience or there's um, a bigger story about their impact on the environment or on the world. So the bigger companies have a lot to do um, to get us to kind of buy into their stories. Yeah. And I think, you know, if you look at it, I mean, you know, the one big advantage that bigger companies have is that they have larger marketing budgets. So they can yeah. hire creative teams and they True. can hire a lot of media to make it happen and to attract the spotlight. So for, I'll give you a good example is, is Budweiser, which does a terrific job of storytelling. Um, anybody who's watched the stories, the videos that they make about the Clydesdale, the friendship yeah. between the Clydesdale horse and the puppy, yes. um, and they're very emotional and they're very heartwarming and they really establish a connection, um, but I bet you they cost millions of dollars to make. Uh, but they work for Budweiser because they, they play upon all the good things about storytelling. And, and in those commercials, beer is hardly ever mentioned at all. You don't that's see right. beer. You see the brand. Oh, that's it. Yeah. But I think in some respects, um, Budweiser is doing the rest of us a huge favor because they're making it easier for us to go to... Um, our clients or, or make it easier for companies to sort of understand the, the concept of storytelling and yeah. that you can say What's, what Budweiser is doing is telling a great story, a really a story that is remembered, a story that's shared, a story that, uh, that touches us in an emotional way. And that's all the best practices when it comes to storytelling. So it's not to say that you have to make a million-dollar commercial, but 
you should do some of the things that Budweiser is doing when you're creating your own stories. Absolutely. Oh, that's great. And so, um, and so, Mark, I'd love to keep talking to you about that because I think Budweiser is an, an, exa- an ex- excellent example. Um, we're about to go on a commercial break now, and uh, we'll come back and talk some more about storytelling with startups. I'm Leanne Picot, and you're listening to Story Powered on the Voice America Business Channel. If you want more stories, sign up for my monthly story, story blast at www.verygoodstories.com. I'd love to connect with you, but stay tuned So uh, for a great conversation with Mark. And uh, we're going to find out after the break why storytelling is so important for startups and uh, the kinds of stories that um, we need to start telling. So we'll see you soon. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com. Or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. What do business and sports have in common? Both are based on competition, and the goal of each is the same, to win. If you're in business, you need an edge over your competitors. You need to innovate and improve. You need to make adjustments to stay ahead of your competition. Tune in to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Get the playbook and the coaching you need to improve your business performance. The Business Locker Room airs live every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Tune in every week for the Ellis Martin Report. Our program will bring you the news and information that you need each week. We look at publicly traded small and mid-cap companies from a variety of sectors. We'll talk to key people in the industry to bring you the foreground and background of new and -and up-and-comers for potential investment. Please remember, invest only at your own risk. The Ellis Martin Report is meant for informational purposes only. Tune in every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Business. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hey there, welcome back. I'm Leanne Picot and I am chatting with Mark Evans of ME Consulting and we're having a great chat about storytelling. Um, and, you know, Mark's written this book called Storytelling for Startups. And as he said, it really does apply across the board. But, um, you know, it's kind of fun to focus on startups right now um, in our show because, like I said before the break, you know, the startup story is is like an overcoming story, and that is one of the most popular themes um, of stories that we we all like to watch and and hear about. So, um, so you know, the startup story is pretty important, and whether you're starting up now or you did start up, it's it's important to think about your why and and uh, share that with stories. So, so Mark, let's talk about why storytelling is so important for startups. Do you think? 
Well, there's a couple of reasons. If you want to sort of start with the bigger picture, I think that um, the digital landscape is, is very noisy and very busy. People are multitasking and they're distracted. And so it's hard to reach consumers these days. It's hard to get them to pay attention to what you're saying and, and what you're selling. And so I think what we've seen over the last sort of five or six years is sort of an evolution of, of the uh, digital landscape when it comes to the relationship between brands and consumers. So you had social media as this way of having two-way conversations, engaging, uh, and that was, that was, you know, a big change because it meant that the day of the sort of unidimensional broadcasting model was over. And That's then right. a lot of brands realized, well, you know, social media is great. It's a distribution channel, but we've got we to gotta put some gasoline into this, into this engine. And so we should start creating content that's sort of relevant to our target audiences so that they think of us in a different way and perhaps uh, consider, you know, um, buying from us. And the problem with that is that everyone started publishing content. So everyone's publishing content, everyone's active on social media, and it's increasingly noisy. And I think we've come to a point where brands are looking for new and different ways to really connect with consumers in very personal ways and ways that are relevant to them. And that's why I think the world is coming around to the power of storytelling because, um, you know, it's all about the consumer. It's all about their interests and their needs and, and, and how you can help them um, navigate their personal and professional worlds. And I think what's particularly powerful for startups is that it has nothing to do with marketing budgets, whether they're big or small. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It has everything to do with, with creativity. And, uh, and startups have great stories to tell because people love that underdog story and, and how you came to where you, you are today. Um, and it's those backstories and it's the stories about your struggles and your triumphs that really get people engaged and excited. I agree. And, and, you know, and they feel like they're part of the journey. And I think that that's the other thing is that, you know, you can look at a great big corporation and, and, um, you know, we're talking about Budweiser before the break and, and, um, you know, it would be hard for them to go back to their startup story of, of when they were, when they first started. But they're using, like you said, I mean, the Clydesdales and the puppy are classic underdog overcoming stories as well. So it's really interesting that we talk about the, the underdog story and that it's being used even in something that seems quite irrelevant to a brand. Yeah, and I think that um, that people can, like, you think about um, how p- people can relate to different different brands, and you know, big brands people relate to because they understand you know, there's the, the brand awareness, and they understand what kind of products the companies make. Small brands have no track records, um, very little credibility in the marketplace. So, how do you win over consumers? How do you convince them that that you're the real deal, or, or that you're int- you're you have enough sort of going for you that they can ex- ex- at least uh, explore what you're doing? And I think a good story is a, is a great way of doing that. And there's different ways of, of approaching it. Um, but I love, this, I love the idea of telling the story about, about how the startup got, got going. Um, and that's, cause that's a great way of, that, it's a great way of making people sort of relate to what you're doing because people can see themselves in your story. So a good example is, a, is a, um, an online, online invoicing company called FreshBooks based in Toronto. And uh, the company started in the basement of, um, of one of the founder's parents. And they were doing um, search engine optimization for companies. And what they discovered is that they were having a hard time um, sending invoices to clients. And one of the founders did a lot of 
searching around and discovered there wasn't a way to do it, and so they developed something internally. And one thing led to another, and this thing that they developed for their own use became a product that everybody wanted to use, including especially small business. And that story has been told for probably the last 10 years, but people love that story because it's it's yeah. a small guy that, you know, is struggling along and manages to sort of discover this, this magical thing um, that they think is only for them and it turns out to be something that the whole world needs. And those are the kind of stories that people can get their heads around because they can see themselves, yeah, I could, I could see myself doing that or I could see some people I know doing that. And that's the power of story when it comes to startups. Uh, and you're absolutely right because as you're telling that story, and I love fresh books too, um, but as you're telling that story, I'm thinking about Steve Jobs in the garage and, you know, and, and making his first Apple computer. And so, you know, and again, that, like you say, and I guess it ties into the whole American dream thing, um, but I also, I always liken it to our pioneer spirit more so that, um, you know, uh, everybody who comes here, whether they came here as as a pilgrim or even today, they come out, they get off the boat or off the plane, and and kind of say, "Hey, I can create my life." And um, and I think that's what we love. And uh, you know, internationally they're loved, but there's something about growing your own thing. And also, often, like you say, though, the startup story is about solving a problem for people or making their life better. So that's also different from "I'm in it for the money." Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, I think that that people love the idea of entrepreneurship, and it, an, entre- an entrepreneur is not it's not for everybody. I mean, it's a different way of living, um, but they yes. they they get excited about entrepreneurship and inspired by entrepreneurs. And I, you know, a great example is Richard Branson, mm-hmm. you know, from the Virgin brand and, and the things that he's been able to do. And and one of the stories that I tell in my book is that um, when Branson was was younger. Uh, he uh, was going to uh, visit a, a young lady in the Virgin Islands, and and he's about to he he's making a connection and uh, to the islands, and his his flight is canceled, and um, and everyone's very disappointed, uh, including Branson for obvious reasons. Uh, but rather than um, take it as a as a defeat, he his entrepreneurial spirit kicks in, so he finds a chalkboard. Uh, finds, he rents a charter plane, finds a chalkboard, and start, starts walking around the airport advertising $20, $29 flights. <laughs> and of course, everybody whose flight was canceled signs up for Branson's charter flight. Uh, Branson yes. got to, to, to the Virgin Islands to visit the girl. In the process, that was the inspiration for Virgin Airlines. And people love that story because it's triumph over disappointment. It's entrepreneurship, like it's inspiration for, for entrepreneurship. Um, and it's how... how Entrepreneurial ideas can come out of nowhere. You know, they you, know, you 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 face a problem and you you tackle it, and 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 the rest is history. Absolutely, and and I love that story too. And I love Richard Branson for because um, the the kind of ongoing story about him as well is he's a disruptor, um, but he doesn't disrupt just for the sake of it. He disrupts industries based on wanting better customer service and. You know, we can, and you know, he he gets in his hot air balloon and it crashes or he creates a spaceship and it crashes. And like, he's also not somebody who is getting it perfect all the time. And, and we can see that he just keeps trying new things and, and to do things differently. So the ongoing brand story for him is 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 one of adventure. And, and you know, with Richard Branson, you just never know what industry is going to get going to next. And you think about Branson is, I think, you know, and one of the things that, that's important about storytelling is authenticity um, yeah. and being real as opposed to being contrived. And, 
you know, and Branson is a, is a marketing machine, and we all understand that, but he's authentic in the fact that he's, he's truly passionate about entrepreneurship, and, he's, and, and the things that he does, he does because he loves what he's doing, and he loves the companies that he's creating, and those are all awesome um, pillars for great storytelling. That's right. That's right. So we've got the um, the startup story, the the kind of core story, as I call it, the the founder story, or the why you've started. Um, what other kinds of stories can startups tell? Do you think? Well, I think there's the. Uh, I mean, I think you know if you want it, if you have to sort of start at the beginning, it's it's who you are and what you do. I think it's huge for um, startups to establish themselves um, in the eyes of consumers, and and then. The other part of that, that triangle is, is what's, what are the benefits? What's the value of your products? So that people can understand that, you know, what you're making and, and, and how, it, how it sort of improves their lives. And I think the other really great story that I like is the, is the behind-the-scenes stories um, that show people that how your business is operating, how you're growing, the struggles that you run into, um, the challenges that you face, the triumphs that you achieve, um, because people love sort of being an insider, um, as opposed to the regular type of advertising and marketing that we see. And a good example of that company is, uh, that kind of story is a company called Buffer, which is very, very it's a, a social media company, They're very transparent in how they, how they do business. And things like revealing all their salaries publicly and talking about their metrics in terms of what's working for them and what's not working for them. And I think, you know, business is a mystery for a lot of people, you know, how it operates and how companies grow. So, it's a really great technique into sort of getting people around to your world and what it's like to experience running a business because, again, storytelling is all about um, getting people to imagine what it, would, what it would be like to be doing something else or to be living somewhere else, that kind of thing. So I think those are really great storytelling um, opportunities as well. I completely agree, and I, I love that. And, you know, it's interesting that you – Talk about the transparency because um, it made me think about, you know, how business it used to be. I mean, there's a reason we don't know a lot about business and it's because, um, you know, there be, people haven't wanted to share and partly because they're so concerned about success. And so um, one of the things that I um, I completely agree with you on and that I talk to my clients about is is about failure stories. And, and you know, the, the entire... Um, Sometimes an entire company's branding is based on on things going well, and that's a very dangerous thing for I think you know when we think about um, business isn't like that, life isn't like that. So to have a company you know post the things that are you know especially metrics around what's going well and what isn't is is so refreshing. It's just different, and and actually I learned this lesson firsthand uh, from some um, some marketing clients of mine last year. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, like, like I, they, did, they weren't home runs. They were, maybe they were doubles. Maybe they were moderate successes. And so I wrote a blog post, um, you know, in January about things I learned. The biggest lesson I learned about um, doing business with, with startups, and it was around establishing the why before you do anything else. Why do you want to do marketing, and what do you want to achieve? And it was sort of a, it was a confession to my public confession saying, I didn't do business in the right ways. I wasn't successful. I was, in fact, I failed. And I think of all the blog posts I've written recently, that was the one that resonated the most with people, generated the most reaction. And I think it was an authentic story, like a real story about about being an entrepreneur. And I don't think that 
I think that as much as you want to talk about your successes, I think that people also can connect with you when, when they understand your struggles as well. And so you're right. I mean, their success and failure are, are part of, are just a part of doing business and it's a part of doing business that people find interesting. Yeah. And, and again, like we were saying earlier, it's about building, it's not about marketing. It's about building and using the word community, but um, people who are interested or curious about you, around you. And so, again, you know, and it's it's funny because when we think about it, um, you know, that's how reality TV started. <laughs> people, and, and, you know, it's gone a whole journey that I, I you know, don't love. But um, the idea of putting, you know, and I always compare it to, you know, the soaps that, I used to watch when I was younger, you know, General Hospital and Young and the Restless. And and these were all very pretty, beautiful people. And, um, you know, and again, you know, they had troubles, but they were like perfect people. And then to to kind of move within the last 30 years from that to kind of, you know, honey boo boo and kind of (laughs) reality shows, it shows an appetite, right? Like that. And it's I'm not like I say, I'm not a big lover of of reality TV, but it just shows an appetite for people wanting to be part of people's lives. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think to to an an earlier point about the fact that consumers have access to so much information these days about product, about price, uh, even about benefits, you know, they're, they're so well armed. That's right. You know, they're, the way that, that they interact with brands these days. And, and that's kind of like, so if you're a brand, you got to say to yourself, so, so what else can we do to, to outflank the competition? You know, what are the things that we can do to better engage um, consumers and, and establish, like, different kinds of relationships with them? And I think that, that um, storytelling is, is on the rise because it is, it is probably I call it the killer app for marketing, and maybe I'm biased because because I, I'm a big storyteller. But I think it's the way that you can really establish personal relationships um, with with your customer or with your potential customers, it, it, yeah. because it's all about their lives and how they see living their lives, as opposed to trying to push product. Absolutely, and then the other thing um, that piece of it is so it's about that relationship but also um you know i've read a lot of stuff about purchasing decisions and 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 we always think that purchasing purchasing decisions are logical and they're not they're emotional and Mm. so you know first comes the emotion and and you know stories are the thing that um attaches to emotion i always talk about you know when somebody tells a story it connects to your human memory and connects to an emotion that you have and then comes logic. So, um, so like you say, I mean, when people are, you know, rarely does anybody go into a store now and um, not know the thing that they're looking for because they've already Googled it. They've already looked at all the features, like you say. Um, but what they often make the purchase, purchasing decision is, is based on the story. Right. Yeah, and I think that's a great point about, about sort of the, the power of, of emotions and how stories trigger emotions. And, and stimulate, stimulate us emotionally. And many people, as you say, don't make decisions based on, on being rational or being logical. They make them based on their emotions. So look, for example, at the power of Apple. I mean, arguably, and I'm probably going to get in trouble for saying this, but Apple computers are, are probably, probably not that much better than, than a Samsung or a Lenovo or a Panasonic. But when you buy an Apple computer, you're not just buying a computer, but you're buying a membership into this club, yeah. and it's the Club of the Rebels, 
It's the club of the people who think differently. <laughs> That's and right. That, they're all around emotions, and the, and so you feel emotionally like you're doing something powerful, doing something different. Um, yeah. And that's a lot more powerful than, than saying, well, if I buy this other type of computer, I'm going to save myself $300. Yeah. That's rational. And, and often, you know, rational doesn't win the day. So if you, can, if you can manage to tap into people's emotions through storytelling, then that's a very powerful formula. Absolutely. And I always laugh because, and I'm a big Apple fan, so just want to just tell everybody that. So don't email me with your complaints. But I always love it because we talk about how different we feel buying Apple products. And meanwhile, we feel that we're, we're lined up with um, thousands of others every time <laughs> a product comes out. We're so rebellious. Um, so listen, Mark, it's coming up to a commercial break time again. So tell us about, um, so tell us, your book is called Storytelling for Startups. And it, where can we buy it? So you can, you can go to, to uh, storytellingforstartups.ca, and there's two options right now. One is you can, you can buy the book. It's uh, self-published, so I will send it to you personally, and I'll even sign it. Uh, and the other way is that you can pre-order it on Amazon right now, and then next Tuesday, which is April the 14th, you can, it goes live on Amazon. So there's, uh, there's two ways to buy it right now, and it's storytellingforstartups.ca. Brilliant. Thank you. Okay, so we're going to go into a break and we're going to talk some more to Mark afterwards about um, how to start telling um, stories even when your resources are limited. So if you're on a budget, stay tuned. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Activate and grow your storytelling superpower with Leanne Pico of Very Good Stories. Stories inspire, stories engage, and stories move people to action. It's pretty powerful stuff. Story coach Leanne Pico will help you develop your storytelling skills to be a more effective leader, build a more powerful brand, or create a team of storytelling powerhouses. You can email Leanne at leanne at verygoodstories.com. Or check out her website at verygoodstories.com. Contact Leanne today to grow your storytelling superpower. What makes great leaders? Results? A lasting legacy? Is it making a difference in your life or maybe the lives of others? I lead. The Leadership Connection with host Dr. Linda Sharkey will bring you the practical tips and tools to make you an extraordinary leader and by doing so, build a better, more successful, and more profitable organization. Our show is all about you, the leader that you can be, and the culture that you can create. Tune in to I Lead, The Leadership Connection, live every Thursday at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Conversations concerning money can be a bit daunting. There can be limitations with building wealth. And in general, people don't want to discuss their money until now. Listen each week for Conversations with Money, featuring Franco Caligiuri and Marissa Sipolinski. Our guests make money the conversation piece. How to build and maintain wealth, working with charities, and money and family members. Listen every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are 
are listening to Story Powered with Leanne Pico. If you want to find out more about Leanne or the program, connect with us on the web at verygoodstories.com. Now, back to Story Powered. Hello, welcome back. We're in our last segment. Unfortunately, I think I could talk to Mark all day. So um, we are talking about storytelling and startups. And again, I think um, Mark and I both love the startup story. We've talked a bit about that. And um, we've talked a lot about the connection to a community and a connection to your business and why telling stories is, is crucial now for startups. So you, you know, we talked about Richard Branson, people like Steve Jobs, people like FreshBooks. Um, people are buying based on, on the story. And um, because, again, like Mark said before the break, a lot of the um, products are, are kind of equitable in the features that they're offering. And so what's the thing that people decide on? It's often the story. So um, now one of the things that I, I hear from my clients, and I'm sure you do too, Mark, is I don't have any money. I don't have a big budget. Um, I personally believe that, that storytelling is, is a, a budget buster in a way. It, it enables us to, to not have to spend lots of money. So what do you think, Mark? How do you tell stories as a startup when your resources are limited? Does budget okay. matter? What? It, well, uh, no, I don't think so. Let's assume, for example, that you buy into the whole uh, storytelling concept and you understand that storytelling is a very effective way of, of engaging your your customers and getting them into your brand in a different way. So that's, that's, that's an assumption. So you're in, you're excited about storytelling, and, it's, and then the question is, now what? So as much as storytelling is about, you know, emotional connections and relationships, the bottom line is really, it's all, it really is about how do I drive my business forward? How do I get more brand awareness, more leads, more sales? I mean, that's how, why we do business. We're not in the business of simply entertaining audiences. We're in the business of, of attracting customers. And so um, I think that's a pragmatic approach to storytelling. You have to look at, at the, the opportunity and go, okay, so, so we, have, we have to establish, like, who do we want to tell our stories to um, and who your target audience is, and that's who your customers are and, and what they look like and what the buying behavior is like and, and where do they hang out? Do they hang out in social media? Do they go to conferences? Do they read case studies? Do they read blog posts? Do they listen to podcasts? And then, um, and then you have to look at all the different storytelling options that you have in front of you. And, it could, and it's a buffet right now when it comes to the digital world because there's so many things that we could do. But I think effective storytelling happens when you tell the right story to the right people at the right place. And for small business, the key is ranking all your storytelling options, so blog, website, video, podcasts, case studies, etc., and then deciding of all those options, what are the, what's the ones that, are, that we could do the best job at? What are the ones that we should really focus? Because those are the ones that are going to connect with people so effectively that they're going to start thinking about our product. They may even enter into the sales funnel. They may even consider buying a product or actually buy a product. So in some respects, it means less is more. Doing a couple of things really well because you've got limited resources as opposed to trying to do lots of things. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that, that small companies make from both uh, marketing and storytelling perspective is they take on too much because they feel that they need to be everywhere. And my thinking right now is it's better to be in a few places but be really good in those few places. So if you're going to do a blog, for example... Forget about everything else, but just have an awesome blog and you know, write great blog posts. You know, do guest comments. 
Um, you know, offering people the opportunity to, to guest post on your blog. Um, but and then that's where you focus your time and energy, and I think that's how how successful storytelling happens. I agree, and thank you for that because I think that, um, and I know myself as an as an entrepreneur. Um, starting out, I was uh, frazzled, and I'm, I know a lot of people that I work with are too around. There are, like you say, I love the, the term the buffet. It is a buffet. And so in, if we're going to take that analogy a little step further, what happens when you get to a buffet is the initial kind of you get to the buffet and you think, oh, this is so exciting. And then you go, oh, my goodness, there's so much food here. I can't possibly eat everything. So then you start choosing what your favorite things are, right? Like it's kind of... I think it's a, a, a really great analogy for um, what you're talking about because you know you choose your favorites that you're gonna that you really like and that you want to um, kind of eat a little more of maybe rather yeah. than having something of everything because then you're just gonna feel sick. <laughs> yeah, well, I think what happens if you want to just run with this analogy a little a little farther is that people get to a buffet and then they overeat because they eat everything uh, mm. and then they and then they they get they don't feel so. So good because they've overindulged, and I think the same happens for a lot of small businesses because initially they go, they do everything, and what happens is they do nothing particularly well. Right. So they get discouraged, um, and and many of them just give up because they say, "Well, marketing's not working for me." Yeah. Um, And the problem is that they've spread themselves so thin um, that they just can't um, possibly. Um, drive enough of a connection with anybody to make their marketing successful. And so it really is, it's a, ba- it's a matter of priorities um, and figuring, okay, for the time being, we'll just focus on what we can do best and what, in the places where we think that we can um, establish the strongest connections. And Absolutely. it's hard not to do all the other things, but it's the reality of, of being small and being agile and being opportunistic. Yeah, and and also, you know, the thing is, is that there will be more and more and more opportunities. It's about making good choices about what works for you. And, and I, you know, when I talk to my clients, too, the thing is, is that in kind of what you were saying is, if you start with a darn good story, and then choose the platform that works to support your story and works to support. Okay, sometimes I think we're getting it backwards. We, we look at Twitter and go, what do I need to be to be on Twitter? What do I need to be to be on LinkedIn? And I get it. There are, there are certain criteria and there's certain ways of interacting with people. But, you know, at the core of it is being authentic, although that's an overused word right now, but being yourself and being, um, and, and sharing your story in a, in a really, um, cohesive and coherent way is those are my main tips for people is, is just get clear on your story and then share it. Yeah. And I always say one of my, one of my sort of adages for marketing is, is, is you need to party where the party's happening. Right. Uh, <laughs> I like it. A story on Facebook, for example, if your audience isn't on Facebook, I mean, yeah. you know, I think people, for example, think, well, I have to be on Twitter because everybody's on Twitter. And, but if you're the people that, are, that you want to consume your stories, don't use Twitter because they listen to podcasts, then don't be on Twitter. You're, you're wasting your time. So, you know, good storytelling happens when, when it's told in the right places uh, and because that's where your audiences are. And storytelling, you know, good storytelling, you know, works when you have an audience. It's no use having an audience of no one. If no one's listening to your stories, it's, you're, you're not working, right? So, so that's, that's, right. that's important. It's kind of the, if a tree falls in the woods... Um, I forget what the analogy is, but no you know, and and that, and that's something pardon? like that, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but it's also, um, you know, for me too, the the piece that I like about 
having your story and um, is and and it doesn't depend on resources is is it also helps when you get clear on your story and you get clear on your why and how you help people then you get clear on why you're in business and that helps you through the hard times. So it's, it's, so it's a marketing piece and it's a customer relations piece, but I think it's also a confidence builder. When you're really clear on your why and how you help, you wake up every day feeling great and knowing what, you know, and, and you go through the bumps and the failures and you're less worried about those because you know you're on a higher journey. Yeah, and I, I totally agree. I mean, I think that like, where I start with a lot of clients it's often not where they want to start. So some clients will see my, my website is terrible and I want to fix it. And so often what happens is, is you'll go and ask, well, why is your website terrible? And the answer is that they doesn't have, it doesn't tell a good story. And so, you know, when we talk, what we talked about earlier was establishing that core story. And, and that's where I start with a lot of clients. It's who are you, what do you do, and why does it matter? And once you have that story, that sort of is the foundation for everything you're going to do from a marketing, from a sales, finance, HR, partnership um, perspective because you're, you've got a story that's compelling, you've got a story that's clear and that people understand and that then the, the trick is or the key is to basically find the different ways to tell that story and the different places to tell that story. But it's a lot easier to make those decisions when you've got a great story. So, yeah. you know, the old cart before the horse, well, this is like story before the marketing. Find your story and then figure out how, where you want to tell that story. And I think that's, that's one of the keys to marketing success. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And stick to it. I mean, and, you know, because this is the other thing is that um, I watch people kind of, well, that was my story, but, like, these people really like this. Or, or these people might like me if I say this. Or these people might like me. And, it, and again, it's, 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 um, it's not about restricting you, but, but being yourself. Is, and, and there's no better way than to know what your story is and, and share it. Yeah. I mean, when, you know, one of the things that people talk to me about, because uh, storytelling can be, you know, somewhat soft in, in, in terms of, you know, subjective. And some people say, well, what about, what about metrics? Because we're all about data these days and all about, uh, you know, growth hacking and, and, uh, and data-driven marketing. And, and I, I think storytelling, there's an element to, to tracking your success with, with stories. And, I, and, and you have to, to, tell, to be a good storyteller, you have to sort of be aware of what, what's working and what's not. Um, because it's a, it's, it's a, it's a spurious, series of experimentations and, and small tweaks. So, for example, if you're really into blogging, um, you, you're telling different types of stories, so you really have to look at your analytics and go, so what are the types of stories that really work? What do people really get excited about? And then that sort of helps you say, well, maybe we should be telling more of those stories and less mm-hmm. of the ones that, that don't get as much traffic or de- don't generate as much interest. Um, so, yeah, because... You know, you want to tell stories that people want to listen to. Um, you know, it's not a matter of, well, I, I have interesting stories to tell and that's it. It's a matter of, of meeting the needs of your, of your audiences. And and exactly what you said earlier, um, which is it's the right people. So, you know, sometimes we get a bit caught up in the numbers and how many people have read. I, I do it too. It's like, oh, how many people read my blog posting and, and you know, feel crushed when nobody's touched it or uh, feel great because, you know, a couple hundred people have looked at it and, and, you know, it's, it's not about that. It's about the right people coming to you so that you spend less time trying to find them and, and it create and creating a connection. Yeah. It's a balancing act between, uh, doing 
right, you know, creating stories that matter and resonate and that creating stories that, you know, uh, attract a lot of attention. It's, it's easy, you know, to, to, to write sort of um, blog posts that have sort of sexy titles and blog posts that have, like, the 10 things you should do to do that. Yeah, like, those are, that's, exactly. that's easy, right? That's low-hanging yeah. fruit. It's, but it, it's a lot more <laughs> rewarding it. and challenging to, to write, um, to, to create stories that, that, that connect with people so that they actually want to do business with you or think about doing business with you. And that's a, that's a quality versus quantity game that I think we all have to sort of consider. Um, but if I had to choose, I'd pick quality every single day. Absolutely, and that's a great message. Um, we've now got a, a minute left, so that's a great message for us to finish on. So um, thank you, Mark. Um, can you tell us again where we can get your book? Sure, it's www.storytellingforstartups.ca, and you can buy both the, the printed version and the uh, and pre-order for now for Amazon, and next week it will be, uh, be live on April 14th. Perfect. I look forward to reading it, and thank you again for being here today. Thank you for having me. Okay, so... Thanks again to Mark Evans of ME Consulting and the author of Storytelling for Startups. I highly recommend um, you get your hands on, on that book because um, it's full of great stuff. So um, make sure you turn in, tune in for next week's show when I talk to Michael Margulis. Um, he's one of my storytelling superheroes. He is the founder and CEO of Get Storied, an online community, learning community for storytelling. And he wrote Believe Me, which is a storytelling manifesto that if ever you are one why storytelling, I really recommend you um, get your hands on his manifesto and he'll be here next week to tell us more about that. So also don't forget to sign up for my weekly story blast. I used to do it monthly, now I'm doing it weekly and it's full of story coaching tips and resources and a story from me to help you build a better business and share your impact with story. So Story Powered is on every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. Thank you for joining me, Leanne Pico, and Story Powered. I will see you next week with more story. Thank you for joining us this week for Story Powered. Leanne Pico invites you to tune in for another engaging program next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We'll help take your story and your business to the next level.